And just like that, you know, the offseason is upon us. NBA will return. Was it like December, January? It's all good, man. It's all good. Um, let's see. You know, one team that intrigues me the most next season is the Brooklyn Nets. We're Brooklyn at! We're Brooklyn at! We're Brooklyn at! We're Brooklyn at! Right. Yeah, a lot of naysayers and a lot of believers, right? You know, I'm a believer in the Brooklyn Nets, you know, but there is some cons to them, obviously. Um, But, you know, I'll, I'll get to that portion. But, you know... To have such talents like, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the team, you know, of course you want to, you know, you see the potential in them. But you also see the, you know, the obviously, you know, burning down and, you know, locker room drama stuff that is always, you know, going to come up, you know, in regards to probably the media, you know, sound bites and whatnot. You know, we'll see what happens, but, you know, this team kind of, you know, is very reminiscent of, you know, the Denver Nuggets of the past, the 2000s, when it was like Allen Iverson and, you know, Carmelo Anthony, you know, it's a lot of um, similarities that I see, you know, obviously, you know, Kyrie Irving, Allen Iverson, two of the, you know, best ball handling point guards that, you know, in NBA history, right? I mean, just recently, Kim Durant said that, you know, in comparison to Kyrie Irving, you know, if you, if you compare the two, right, you know, Kyrie's a little bit more skill. You can do it all. You know, Iverson, he's taking, you know, Kyrie Irving over Iverson. And, you know, I can see that, right? And obviously, you know, I've said it before, you know, Kyrie Irving's the modern-day version of Allen Iverson. You know, he's the truest form of Allen Iverson where he can, you know, do it all. And he's Basically, if if you put Allen Iverson in the um, in the modern era right now, it'll be Kyrie Irving. Um, but he will be more durable than Kyrie Irving. Just 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 imagine like you know someone with Kyrie's caliber, you know, more durable. Iverson takes a hard foul. Returns to the lineup. Plays hurt. Of course, the shoulder had been injured by the injury. Iverson drops twenty three and has a career five injuries to the right knee. This guy is a warrior. You know, he'll drive it in relentlessly. And, you know, that's, you know, Allen Iverson, right? But, you know, Allen Iverson tends to, you know, shoot in a low field goal percentage because, you know, he didn't really have anyone to pass to. But at the same time, you know, it's like, you know, what Skip Bayless said, you know, it's me, myself, and Iverson, you know, which is also true. Now, Allen Iverson's a very selfish player as well. So, you can see it as well in Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's kind of a selfish player in a way as well, where he's doing his, you know, best, you know, Allen Iverson impression slash Kobe Bryant impression, where he's he tries to drop, you know, 30 every game. So, you know, we'll see, you know, you know, Carmelo Anthony. And Kevin Durant, obviously, you know, similarities, you know, scoring wing player that can drop, you know, 25 to 30 points a game. 
So we'll see what happens, right? There wasn't a lot of success with the 2000 Nuggets, right? It's because you had two players that were basically, you know, averaging 25 plus. You know, Allen Iverson, Carmen Allen were both averaging 25 plus. And, you know, they've always been like an eighth seed kind of team in the West. So this is like during the time where, you know, it was basically where the Spurs were, you know, basically the one, two, like three seed. They're always high seeds. You know, the Suns as well, the seven second Suns. Um, the Lakers were kind of down during that time, but, you know, they were still, they weren't as competitive until like, you know, a couple years down the line. That's when Allen Iverson got traded. So there's that. I mean, you know, the Dallas Mavericks with, uh, you know, Dirk was still in play, but he was winning MVPs as well. Kevin Garnett. Um, let's see. I mean, who, was, who was even like there? I mean, Brandon Roy and the Trail Blazers were there as well. I mean, it was pretty competitive. I mean, it's still competitive as well. I mean, the West has always been pretty competitive. And, you know, the you know with the prowess of, you know, I guess, like the ability to score and the talent, you know, of Allen Iverson and, and Carmelo Anthony, obviously it's kind of a failure of theirs at hand, you know, because once they got, you know, Billups, you know, they go to the Western Conference Finals. And then, you know, Carmelo Anthony demands trade to New York and you know they oblige him right there so I mean as you can see you know fast forward now to with the Brooklyn Nets I mean dude like Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving we'll see what happens I mean he can, this team could easily implode I mean do they even mesh as well as what people think is what I'm trying to get at you know now, Allen Iverson and Carmelo Anthony didn't really mesh well. Because, you know, they're trying to do their own thing, right? Same thing with, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Like, will they mesh? I mean, yes, Kevin Durant's elite and off-ball, you know, and all that. You know, Kyrie Irving's super ball dominant. You know, how can, you know, Steve Nash, you know, get Kyrie Irving to, you know, drop Instead of trying to average like 28 points per game, why not just average 20 points per game and up your assists, right? He was averaged like, what, 28 and 7? Wait, Kyrie Irving could easily average 20 and like 11, basically. You know, Kevin Durant, you know, Kevin Durant, we don't know how Kevin Durant's going to come back. Um, like, the Achilles injury is like super. Super red flag. I mean, there's very few people. I mean, the only person I can think of is is um, Dominique Wilkins. And even then, when he came back, he wasn't even the same person. He was basically a three-point shooter who averaged, you know, 28 points. So, you know, Kevin Durant's first step is elite. He's always used that burst to, you know, blow past people because, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the saying goes, like, you know, Kevin Durant is too big for these, you know, small forwards. And when you put power forwards in on him, he's too fast for these power forwards. So it's a conundrum, right? You know, will will he, you know, 
will we still see you know basically him break people down when he dribble breakdowns and you know his triple threat moves you know will we see maybe more a uh, post heavy kind of slow down version of him while still maintaining his efficiency you know kind of like you know maybe playing the Dirk Nowitzki role maybe Steve Nash has, has um has outlined that role for him to probably play I mean who knows like we gotta see like um we gotta see what happens you know with Kyrie mostly in my opinion like Kevin Durant can play you know any style right it's just, you know, Kyrie Irving, basically, where he's had trouble in his past teams, specifically the, you know, the Boston Celtics, right? I mean, obviously, you can, uh, you can provide more context to the Boston Celtics issues. I mean, he, in his last year with the Boston Celtics, he, he had trouble, you know, maintaining the top spot because... Of the media portrayals of, you know, Jalen, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum being future all-stars, you know, Terry Rozier being a starting caliber point guard, like they did everything with Al Kyrie and, you know, it got into their heads where they thought they were better than they really were at the time, right? So... Basically, there was just a lot of rifts between who was the main guy on the team. And, you know, that caused a lot of issues. I mean, I mean, Kyrie's first stint with the Boston Celtics was way more successful. I mean, they went on, like, an 11-0 run with Kyrie. And then they tried to pump up stats saying, that, oh, it went, like, I don't know, like, you know, 10-2 and without Kyrie. But, you know, they don't say that, basically, like, seven of those teams are like under 500 teams basically would have beat them. And Kyrie was basically west resting, right? They were low-managed Kyrie at the time right there. So, like, you know, what are you trying to say? Are you trying to push out this false narrative that, you know, they're better about Kyrie? Look, you know, like, teams that lose their stars, they're not better, you know. They're not better, Without them, you you need superstars to win championships, right? You don't just say, "Oh, you know, we'll play this, we'll put this team together," where you know it's basically you know very friendly players that pass the ball all around, right? You know, that can win you some games, but at the end of the day, you know, to win the chip, you need your the greatest players in the league, right? And you know, I feel like. You know, that gets a lot of, uh, that message just, just goes away sometimes when it comes to, like, certain stars. And, you know, media likes to portray certain narratives to their liking. Now, going back to, you know, the play styles meshing and stuff, like, like I don't know, but I don't even know how their relationship really got into, you know, got them into being super cordial and being, like, super friendly with each other. I mean, Kyrie said that he was, like, Kevin Durant was one of his best friends in the league or something. Like, who, like, dude, I mean, it's cool and all where, 
you know, maybe you think you know someone. And then when you truly like, you know, live and see through see them every day throughout, you know, the whole season, you know, it's a totally different story, right? Totally different story. Kyrie's like super eccentric kind of guy who's, you know, super spiritual and all that stuff. You know, that artsy-fartsy kind of guy. You can't change the world by yourself. <laughs> but I'm also not going to allow things to be swept under the rug. That's why I post those things on my Instagram. I post my books. I post quotes. Some people would rather be dumb for money than brilliant for legacy. You know, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's not really that kind of guy. He's more of that, you know, kind of quiet, you know, social media kind of guy. Well, Kyrie's not really the same. So, I mean, it's an interesting, you know, mesh of personalities. And, you know, the Brooklyn Nets have their hands full right now. So, you know, right now, you know, it's up to Kyrie to figure out if he's going to be the point guard of the team or he's going to be the shooting guard of the team, right? Because, like, that was the main issue with the Nuggets back then, right? And, you know, Kevin Durant's way better than Carmelo Anthony. So, you know... How much is Kyrie willing to sacrifice stat-wise in order to win next season, right? Like, I'm very high on the Brooklyn Nets. Very high. But a lot of it's going to be due to their off-season signings. I mean, for me, like, they got to get rid of a lot of players. But, you know, that, that's me. Some people find it different. But, you know, Steve Nash has to, you know be able to manage these egos. I mean, he's pretty cordial Kevin Durant, but, you know, Kyrie Irving's kind of a different story where he kind of goes off on his own tangent and he uh, made comments about, you know, okay, we don't, we may not have a coach, like a true coach, I guess. Like, sure, you know, sure, it's uh, taken out of context, but, you know, Kyrie, uh, does himself no favor sometimes when uh, he says certain things. So, you know, pretty high, but I think I think the Nets uh, can succeed overall. And I expect them to make the uh, Eastern Conference Finals next season because, you know, with, with these two players, you know, your expectation must be high. So, you know, there's that. And honestly, you know, it's been a while since, like, a New York-based team has uh, been a contending team. So, you know, hopefully, you know, they get things together. So, you know, moving on, um, I think the blueprint of the Brooklyn Nets is to basically, you know, sign, like, a bunch of 3 and D players, right? Because you need to take into account, like, you know, how, how good is, you know, Kevin Durant's leg. And, you know, you got to make up for the defensive miscues of Kyrie Irving. And 
some of these players, right? I mean, just judging from the the Brooklyn Nets of last season, where Kyrie Irving's average like he's putting up like you know thirty plus points a game, right? And they were still losing. They're still losing. So they need a lot of talent, and you know it was it was basically just chemistry issues because you know Kyrie Irving was coming in, was trying to you know establish a new play style. And the Brooklyn Nets as of old were basically a you know basketball passing team where Kyrie's an isolation kind of player, right? So they're they're basically just you know pass first, you know, move the ball around. Kyrie Irving's like, you know, passing the ball. He'll ISO and pick and roll you and waste like I don't know, ten seconds, fifteen seconds on the shot clock. Right, so it was kind of a kind of a culture change with uh, Kenny Atkinson, and you know that's why he got let go. It's because uh, you know that was not what he signed up for. He signed up for a rebuild, and and he uh, he went from playoff, you know, team to a contending team, and they let him go to. Move on because you know the the superstars are the ones in control of the coach, and they chose Steve Nash. So you know, basically, for me, for what the Brooklyn Nets need to do to win a championship is to basically first thing is to trade. You know, Karis LeVert. You know, Karis LeVert had a great bubble run with the Brooklyn Nets. And you know we see the we see the talent, right? That's why in the when the rebuilding stage with the Brooklyn Nets, you know D'Angelo Russell and Karis LeVert were going to be the guys, right? The backcourt for the Brooklyn Nets, and you know you see the talent in Karis LeVert. He's basically, from what I've seen, you know he has great you know shooting, you know great post moves, you know great footwork. Nice finishing. I mean, if if and this guy's like what, like twenty six, I think. So you know, the talent's there. I mean, he basically can be like a better version of you know, a kind of Demar Derozan kind of you know Paul George kind of you know player, right? Where you know he he can do he can basically do like shoot a three. You know, I've seen him do like great you know post ups and fadeaways and stuff, stuff like that, right? He needs the ball in his hand. So, you know, for, for him and, you know, Kyrie kind of backcourt, it's not really that great, in my opinion. Like, obviously, like, people want to say, like, the more ball handlers on your team, it's better. But it doesn't really work out that way, right? I mean, you're trying to emulate the Golden State offense when you don't have the Golden State players' mindset in a way where, you know, hey, you know, I don't need to, you know, handle the ball and be engaged in the offense right now because a lot of times these players when they don't get the ball they, they don't stay engaged whatsoever they just stand there and you know there's not too much movement so you know for for that kind of you know reasoning where you know you want to keep Karis Levert because you know it's better to have like a lot of multiple ball handlers it just doesn't work you're not you stop trying to emulate the Golden State offense you're not Golden State 
it's only partial to the Golden State Warriors of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Right? Like, stop trying to do that. So, you know, if if, if I were, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, I would trade Karis LeVert to get a lot more 3 and D players. Because, you know, it's not going to work. You know, we've seen the kind of experiment already with, like, uh, the Boston Celtics with Kyrie Irving, right? You know, Kyrie Irving is willing to defer to Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant's just that good, right? So, you know, we've seen what happens when we have multiple ball handlers on the Boston Celtics with Kyrie Irving, right? So, you know, he still needs the ball. And, you know, I'm I'm here trying to trade Karis LeVert to get more picks, possibly more players. And honestly, like, a lot of these players got to go. I mean, Kyrie Irving already basically said, like, you know, you know, basically a lot of these players on this team has got to go, right? I don't even know why he wants to keep Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple sucks. Torian Prince sucks. They need to keep Joe Harris. Um, I don't understand why they want to start DeAndre Jordan. I, honestly, it's because, you know, kind of like that familiarity, friend kind of thing where, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are friends with DeAndre Jordan. So they want him to start. You know, I think DeAndre Jordan's washed up. And Jared Allen needs to be starting. He should be starting, right? But it ain't going to happen. So who who knows what's going to happen? I mean, who 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 else? They need to keep Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie is great. Um, who else? Who, who else they got? I mean, they got like a bunch of uh, Tyre Johnson. Tyre Johnson should be kept off the bench. You know, he, he provides some great, you know, scoring off the bench as well. Who was even their uh, power four? Was it Chandler? Wasn't Chandler? Yeah, he he should be gone too. Honestly, like they should be signing. They should be looking into a lot of veteran presence teams and locker room guys. You know, Sergi Bonk is available this season. You know, Marcus Saul. If you want, you can probably get him too. I mean, he's playing the Spanish league, but you know, he's only playing the Spanish league right now just to probably put in conditioning for the next season. I mean, he can easily. Get bought out, and he'll just immediately sign to the team, right? So he's available. Those two are great guys to have in the power forward and center, you know, position. And they they provide championship championship uh, experience as well. So you know, there's that. And you know, a lot of these, and plus Serge is like all 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 about fashion and stuff, right? I mean, he can easily fit well with. Uh, with Brooklyn, man. Brooklyn, New York's all about that fashion stuff. And this is what Amari said, basically. And that's why uh that's why Amari's in Brooklyn right now, Steve Nash. You know, in my opinion, they need a guy to also be willing to uh willing to take a backseat to those two, right? I don't know if Karis LeVert can take the backseat to those two. But, you know, they should be looking to sign someone like Gorn Hayward as well. Possibly as their shooting guard. 
you know, with uh, with someone like Gordon Hayward, at least he can he knows his role where he's basically a role player who can just guard and play three and D while also you know making plays for you know the other players because basically it's gonna be a Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant show in, in Brooklyn, right? Basically. You know, I've heard rumors where, you know, Brooklyn Nets want to make, like, another, get, like, a trade from their star, whether it's Bradley Beal or Paul George. Don't do it. Do not do that stuff. Look, everyone tries to, like, you know, out-super team everyone and just try to stack the deck. You don't really need to do that to win a championship. What you need is solid foundation of the starting five and some good depth rotational players. I mean, that's how the Lakers won, right? They have a team where they can match every team, basically. You know, obviously, you know, LeBron James is the guy that provides a mismatch for everyone, right? But, you know, you go big on the Lakers, they have two, you know, bigs, Anthony Davis and you know, Dwight Howard. You go small on them, Anthony Davis, and there's a bunch of shooting all around, right? What you need is... Right now, it's basically just great rotational players that you can buy, can provide, to put in at any moment. You know, similar to like the Surge and Pau Gasol. I mean, not Pau Gasol, Marcus Gasol, where they can match up against the Sixers, possibly. Right? You know, you know, Marcus Gasol basically owns Embiid. Like, just to check the stats. This dude suns Embiid like nothing. You know, Surge. You know, he can play the center. Small, you know, small ball role as well with Jared Allen and, you know, DeAndre Jordan. You know, know, Gordon Hayward. He played small four as shooting guard as well. I mean, he's pretty, uh, he's pretty weak free agency, like, as well this season, right? Because the big fish is going to be Giannis with uh, the next, next year. For the off season, where whether he takes the supermax or not, right? So I mean, it's, it's kind of limited right now in regards to uh, some players, but you know, you, you have enough in the free agency role. You know, Justin Holiday is available in Indiana. Who knows if he's gonna be there? He might possibly be there because um, you know, Al Depot don't want he doesn't want to stay in Indiana, so he's gone. I mean, just think, just thinking about, uh, you know, you know, who can they sign? You know, I think, I think the Brooklyn Nets have a solid. They just need to get more players in the starting five, right? And I think their uh, their bench is kind of like set, right? You know, Tyler Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie. Who who else is on the bench? Um, the Kurix guy. Eh, I don't know about that. You know, Joe Harris probably off, off the bench. Um, you know, Jared Allen, I'm sure, is going to be off the bench. Who else was off the bench? That, that French dude that's kind of kind of a bust. They just need to, yeah, they really need to, They can make a big splash of hiring by signing those three that I've mentioned before. Like, you know, those guys know the roles. Experience, you know, Gordon Harrod, shot creator, is willing to defer. He's you see his Boston role, right? I think he's gone. I'm not sure if uh, Boston will pay him. 
I'm not sure how what's he looking for. And you know, the Boston Celtics, because um, they maxed him out during a time. And now, you know, you have two players there he's basically deferring to. And he's either coming off the bench or on you know, or starting. And you know, with you know, Gordon Harris starting, you know, he makes a big difference, right? So, you know, Brooklyn, you know, it's looking good. Yeah, I'm not sure if Dick Gallinari's the a good pickup as well. But I don't think he will fit with the Nets. So, you know, those those three signings, I think, puts the Brooklyn Nets in the driver's seat, right? You know, like what Padre said in the driver's seat. So, you know, we'll see, you know, what happens so far. You know, offseason is basically just start a little bit. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the Brooklyn Nets make things interesting. Next offseason, you know, I'm pretty high on high on the Nets, but a lot of it's basically due to you know their signings in the offseason, and I I gotta see how Kevin Durant looks like. You know, the big question of you know the Brooklyn Nets is, you know, how 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 will Kevin Durant come back? You know. Will Kevin Durant be the same person that averages, what, like 49, 40, and 90 again? Or, you know, this is kind of a death sentence, right? For someone of, you know, Kevin Durant's caliber. I mean, just go thinking throughout history. The only person to come back was... Dominique Wilkins, right? I mean, just think of the players that have had Achilles injuries, right? You know, Kobe Bryant... Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, Elton Brand. Um, I mean, those are just off, off the top of my head. And those guys were done. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is basically done as an all-star. And we don't know, like, if DeMarcus Cousins signs with, like, a team, like, we don't even know, like, how's he going to look like, Right? Like, basically, what he looked like on the Warriors, it wasn't even that great. I mean, yeah, he gave you, like, 15 and, like, I don't know, 5, but still, like, a lot of that pressure was taken off of him because he had Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson on the team. So, he was basically just getting open shots that he had to make. You know, now that who knows who's going to sign him, right? Can he be able to still, like, be put in the in the low post and post up against, like, physical players? Because his first step is elite as well. Like, that's why DeMarcus Cousins is great in, in the post. Like, he's super fast. Same thing with Kevin Durant. Like, you know, Kevin Durant can break you down off the dribble. You know, triple threat moves. He can blow past you. You know, stuff like that. Like, you know, can Kevin Durant, like, maintain some of his speed to blow past people still while also, you know, basically maintaining his efficiency, right? Because he can probably maintain his efficiency playing, like, kind of like a Dirk Nowitzki kind of role where he's uh, a little bit slower. Like, he'll he'll post up and switch off of mis- mismatches, and he'll just, he'll just fade over you. You know, he's still a 40%, you know, three-point shooter. 
He's still, you know, he's still, you know, great in the mid range, right? Now it's gonna be like, can he put it all together? Like, I mean, just watching the practice like videos of what he's done, like, now I see him like kind of drive it in like semi full speed and whatnot, or I think full speed. And he looks, he looks good, like really good. So, you know, I, I don't know, like. You know, I mean, Elton Brand went from, like, a 20 and 12 player to, like, non-existent. Like, he he just he just dropped on a cliff. Uh, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Brown's actually 30. Like, obviously, he was near the tail end of his career. But, you know, he just wasn't the same player anymore because he just ha- didn't have the speed to blow past people. It's just, you know... It's, it's just, that's it. Like, that's just how bad the injury is, right? Like, the, the Achilles injury is basically, like, you're done. So, you know, I'm pretty optimistic for Kevin Durant because, if I remember correctly, the Achilles injury is basically this non-dominant leg. Like, we, we have do, do, dominant legs, you know, dominant portions of our bodies where, you know, we tend to use it, use more. You know, I'm, I'm right-handed, you know, dominantly right-handed. My left hand is, like, nothing, basically. Like, I do everything on my right hand, like, like stuff like that, right? Everything on my right side is, is you know, right-side dominant. You know, Kevin Durant, I believe, his Achilles injuries on his left side, so it's not his dominant leg. So he can probably still burst, use a burst of speed, on his right side, right? Who knows what he can do on his, in his left side, but, you know, that's up to Steve Nash, right? Because obviously, you know, Steve Nash wanted Dirk and Whiskey to be on in the coaching staff. And I'm sure he's probably envisioning, you know, kind of like how to use Kevin Durant in a way, a little bit slower way. People think that, you know, it's going to be like the seven-second Suns, you know, Brooklyn style, right? I'm not sure that's the case because... You know, with the faster pace of the game, and you know, keep keep on pushing tempo when it comes to you know this Brooklyn Nets team. I'm not sure if he, Steve Nash will do that because you know Kyrie Irving's not as durable as you know as Steve Nash was, right? Now, whether you know the Phoenix Suns medical team was you know at its best when Steve Nash was there, so his his back issues were you know basically alleviate it right so you know we'll, we'll see what happens with Kyrie Irving and his shoulder stuff his knees I mean all piles up so you know we'll, we'll play slow 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 down a little bit to accommodate for you know his team like we don't want to like you know stress out you know Kevin Durant's leg you know we need to get like more Get it back into rhythm and see, you know, how Kevin Durant goes. But you know, overall, I think I'm optimistic. I mean, people want to say, oh, yeah, of course, you know, Kevin Durant's going to, you know, going to come back. No issue whatsoever. You know, I'm not entirely sure that's kind of true. I just think Kevin Durant may need to do some adjusting when it comes to play style, right? You can't do that, you know, with the NBA, you know, 2K style, you know, doing whatever you want on players anymore. Like, dude, like... 
you know, things may be kind of an issue of him going back, but the shooting and the stuff will still be there. But it possibly may be effective because of, you know, the energy transfer of, you know, legs going up to the shooting. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think I'm optimistic. I think Kevin Durant, will he, you know, average like 30 points again? I don't know about that. Probably his points per game probably go down. Um, rebounding, you know, we'll see what happens. But you just got to see, you know, some 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 more film of uh, what Kevin Durant can do. But I'm I'm pretty pretty optimistic. And yeah, I think I think he should do well in the Brooklyn Nets. Um they're kind of uh they're my pick to go to the finals next season. So, you know, we'll see what happens when it goes from there. Man. It is uh it is officially off season, huh? For the NBA. You know, a lot of people are kind of like, uh, you know, complaining right now. It comes to, you know, the baseball. Dodgers. Choking. Whatever's, man. That's, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's their issue. I mean, baseball's not really my sport to you know, talk about. Yeah, I'm thinking, I've been thinking, been thinking, like, oh man, like, I wonder how the viewership's going to you know, happen for the NBA next season, right? Because, like, of, like, the alienation of their, you know, fan base, you know? You can't just, you know, insult, like, half the fan base and, you know, expect them to come back, right? It's like, the thing about that, you know, been wondering... Why, you know, the media is not talking about it, you know, but, you know, obviously, of course, you know, you know, you have certain narratives that you want to push, you know, obviously, you know, the outkick with, uh, what's that dude's name, with the Whitlock guy and the, the Clay Travis dude, you know, obviously, they're on the uh, conservative side, so, you know, they got to push their own narratives, right? And, you know, Adam Silver has his, you know, left-wing, you know, narratives he got to push as well. I mean, it's, it's election season. Everyone's talking about certain things. Why not, you know, tell Twitter censoring, censoring things? I can't wait for this election year to, uh, to go away. You know, so, you know, we'll see. Because, obviously, I'm thinking, you know, after this election, everything's going to open up. Because a lot of these things are kind of political, man. And, dude, people are getting bored at home. And things are... It's not going well at all. It sucks. You know, California is... Dude, like, what are they doing? Man. That's another thing for another day. But, you know, I just want to say, whoever's, you know, listening, you know, thank you for listening. And, you know, I appreciate it. Um, hope y'all stay safe and you know I'm out again so maybe I'll see y'all next week peace out